Hello, Stephen Dan Fouts here. We're veteran educators who've created the Teach Different Conversation podcast to inspire all of us to think deeper, listen with more intention, and understand each other better. If you're a parent, educator, or anybody who wants to think in new ways that build real understanding about what's important in life and to help others do the same, then you've come to the perfect place. Well, welcome everybody to the Teach Different Conversation podcast tonight. We are eager to get going with a quote from Robert Louis Stevenson, poet, essayist, and novelist. And it's about leadership. It's a fantastic quote. And we're looking forward to that very much. And we have Terry Daniels here, who's a, a principal in California, and she'll be introducing herself when she first uh, talks about the claim of the quote. And for those unfamiliar, um, we're going to be going through the teach different method, right? So we'll look at a, at a quote from, from Stevenson. We'll talk about the claim of the quote, interpret it in ways that make sense to us, and then we're going to push against it. And when we push against it, the idea is to, to build our critical thinking skills for us as adults on this podcast, but of course, for the students. Um, this is really, really important for them to see the world from different perspectives. And this method gives people practice doing just that. We'll then end with an essential question that gets everybody thinking deeply about the conversation once it's over. And then we move on with our day. So we're, we're really excited tonight and I'm gonna give the quote from Stevenson. It's, it's a really good one on leadership. Keep your fears to yourself, but share your courage with others. Keep your fears to yourself, but share your courage with others. Terry, what do you think? Welcome to the show, by the way. Thank you, Dan. Um, I guess I'm supposed to introduce myself first. So hello, everyone. Um, I'm Dr. Terry Daniels. And as Dan said, I'm a principal at a middle school out here in Northern California. I've been in education for a very long time. I taught 25 years in both elementary and um, secondary school. And I hold a credential in special education as well as uh, social science and English. So um, this quote really speaks to me as um, a leader, as a principal, um, and also just um, in my profession and, and personal life. So when I hear that quote, I think of as a leader, it's important to, even though we experience um, all human emotions, those emotions that may be perceived as maybe weaker to outsiders, those fears that can come into place about maybe the decisions we have to make or the dangers we may face, depending on what the leader um, is faced with, need to not override what drives us to be able to achieve and accomplish um, the goals that we have set for ourselves and how to conquer those. So I look at it as keeping those fears um, under wraps, hold on to those, even though they're there, 
but to let the courage and our goals lead us forth to make those good decisions and hopefully um, come out with better outcomes. So that's how I interpret that. And that's my claim. Stay strong, right? This is Steve. No matter what's happening, I guess, from a leadership perspective, you have to project strength and you have to show courage. And Terry, like you're saying, it's not that you're not feeling these emotions. It's that strategically allowing, you know, these fears to come out and showing you have a bunch of anxiety. If you have followers and people looking up to you, what does that anxiety and fear end up doing in them? It's contagious, right? And that's not going to help anybody. Uh, so be strong and put on that. I'm sure there's some other quotes we could come up with here, but it's put on that, that strong face, you know, and get through the tough times so that people can look up to you and you can inspire them, you know, and you're strong and you're resilient and hopefully they'll be strong and resilient because of you. And I'm thinking of dropping this quote in. I teach high school, Terry. I, I, dropping this quote in front of high school students or middle school students or even elementary school. I mean, th there are some very accessible quote here. I think of all age groups, it will be really interesting for the kids to talk about what does courage give you as a leader? Um, why do people look up to people who are brave, who are courageous? What is that quality that is so magnetic for others? I think they would provide some really interesting answers to that. I agree. I, I think bringing it up and asking for their input on that would um, shine a perspective that maybe, you know, us as adults, whether it be teachers or in my case, a principal, um, hearing what the student's perspective on that is really telling to see if they are um, thinking along the same lines as maybe we're interpreting that would be to me, very interesting and very impactful. Definitely. And I would say that is a word, like if you were going to circle a couple words in the quote, Terry, this is one of the drills of Teach Different. If you've got a quote that has kind of a mini conversation waiting to happen about one of the words, I would definitely circle courage. Because I, I think that courage is understood differently by people. Some people may think courage means, hey, you never had the fear in the first place. You just jumped off the cliff and you believed your parachute would work. Oh, you had courage. Some other people might say, no, 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 no. Courage is when you actually have fears, but you overcome them. I'd like to hear from the kids about what courage means. Like what's their definition do they know anyone that is courageous and why would you say they're courageous kind of getting at the same things you were saying terry and the experiences they could talk about what is a time when they overcame fears to do something 
and that they were courageous as a result, Steve, going with that one definition of courage where you're overcoming fear. They could come up with some really interesting things with that. And how did they do it? You know, here's where there's many conversations. You know, how, how were they able to overcome that fear in order to do what they needed to be done? So lots of personal stories, I think, waiting to happen. If you were to pitch this quote in front of a group of young people. I, I agree at, with that. And I'm, I'm just sitting here pondering about what you also said, Steve, about understanding if, if the students would interpret it as courage means you never have fear. And this quote can help them to understand that fear is a natural emotion that people find themselves in. We face it in different capacities and that that's natural. Um, but what it, the act of overcoming that fear or facing that fear is what can help make you courageous and stronger. So you said about a strong you know, when talking about leadership and putting on your strong face, it's like, that's the part that shows you may have all these different experiences going on and you're feeling them in your body and you may be having these anxious feelings and, you know, sweaty palms or whatever. But the fact that you go out there and you do it, and not only does that show others that strength as a leader, but you also personally um, within yourself can feel that strength and and your own leadership skills growing through that experience of facing those fears and overcoming them. I'd like to hear what some of the kids say about what their fears are. I mean, th this is one of those conversations, depending on the mood of the room, if you've got like a small group or maybe 20 to 25 kids, it could be a very, very potentially emotional conversation if the kids took it seriously. What do you really fear? And, you know, get beyond the, well, I fear, you know, tigers and bears and things like that. Like get, get into the public speaking fears or, or the, I fear losing my friends or, you know, that, that could be very interesting to hear those things uh, as far as what fears mean to them. And why they would want to keep them to themselves. Right. What, what is it about that fear that makes you want to keep it private? Many have probably never shared that in a public setting, and many probably will feel uncomfortable sharing it in a public setting. But, you know, Terry, obviously, depending on the class, if you have a, if you have a comfortable atmosphere and there's some trust and respect, you might get a snowballing effect where people start, you know, offering some of the things that they actually are really afraid of that they don't really want to share with other people. And other kids hearing that would be pretty powerful, I think. It would I connect agree. people. Oh, sorry, Dan. On that one, I was just going to say, even in that light, the same can be said about the side of courage, right? So, so many times... Steve, you gave the example about, oh, they're courageous because they jump off a mountain and they trust that their parachute's going to, going to open. Well, yeah, there's a lot of really 
bold things that stand out as courageous that people may do, but there are subtle things as well that are courageous. So yes, overcoming that fear of public speaking, but I got up and I did it and I did it well, that takes courage. Like you said, Dan, as they are maybe sharing about personal experiences and things that maybe they fear, say fear losing their friends, fear having their friends turn against them if they were aware that they did something. But maybe somebody else in that room would say, I had that, I experienced that, this is what I did. And that, that can even snowball in itself. And this quote can lead to some really powerful and possibly life-changing types of situations just by the conversations that it opens itself up to. Absolutely. I I agree. Even like fear of failure, which I think you're going to get with with a lot of kids if they're willing to come out and admit it. Because kids, they, they sit with their fears and they don't have a public forum to share them. This conversation is that public forum that for many kids will be the first time they have ever confronted one of their fears in that setting. To your point, Terry, it can be amazingly powerful. There's a perfect segue to the counterclaim because read the quote, keep your fears to yourself, but share your courage. If we were to follow the advice of the quote, students shouldn't be sharing that if they have fears in public. Let's push against this quote right now. And let's think about a counterclaim to this, another way to look at fears and courage. And Terry, I'll I'll let you, you know, maybe kick it off here. Do you see a, a way of looking at the world that is just as valid as this one, but may contradict it a bit? What comes to my mind is that, um, When I was growing up, maybe when you guys were growing up, it was not looked at um, in society that you would necessarily open up and share fears or um, things that could be perceived as weakness. And so that used to be looked at, this is what I would say, and I say used to, I mean, some people may still look at it this way or whatnot, but It was less accepted, I would say, to open up and say, I have these fears and maybe look in a situation like you were weak. Um, However, by sharing and opening up about those fears, it actually can make you a stronger person. So the quote is talking about hold on to those fears, but show your courage. I would say a counterclaim would be no open up and discuss your fears and you are being courageous. That is a way to show courage is by sharing those fears and confronting them. That's courage. Only strong people are able to look someone in the eye and say, you know what? I'm really anxious about something here. I've got a lot of fear about this and here's why. 
that does not sound like a weak person to me. That sounds like a self-reflective, self-aware person. And that can also inspire leadership qualities, right? That can, um, people can look up to that as well and want to be led by someone who knows themselves so well and is fine to put this stuff out there. It can also empower followers to do the same and to be more authentic and be more honest with who they are, whether it's good or bad, whether it's a weakness or a strength. If you're getting people feeling comfortable being themselves and not trying to be perfect, I think that's a great leadership quality. So I said a lot there, but I was just building off your brilliance, Terry. So there you go. Yeah, very. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Terry. No, I'm just I'm just thinking the more that I think about it, you know, when you first shared the quote, Dan, it it seemed and I, I spoke on it, I gave my claim, it seemed pretty evident, like, yeah, you hold on to those fears and you just go out there and you be tough and you don't show it and you lead with that strength. And now, as Steve and I were just discussing it, I'm like. Yeah, but that's almost a facade. It's almost like, am I really being strong when I do that? Or is it more effective to be open about it? And then that in itself shows the strength. Because as Steve was saying, that's more self-reflective, self-aware, and not really a weakness at all vulnerability is the word that comes to my mind when you're fearful of something and you acknowledge that you're being very vulnerable. And so when in a leadership context, and maybe Tara, you can speak to this a little more, when a leader is willing to be vulnerable and express their fears in an open forum in, in an authentic way, and Steve, you mentioned this, Followers look at that and say, wow, if they have the courage, I'm going to use the word courage, if they have the courage to express their fears in that way, maybe I can do it too. And then you're leading people who are not putting on facades, they're being their authentic self, and you're probably making better decisions and running a better school. Uh, Could you speak to that a little bit, Terry? can but something else popped in my mind and i don't want to lose it either and you know when i taught high school i worked in an area with a lot of gangs and a a lot of uh, gang members were in my classes etc and i i'm looking at that what truly is courage I remember having conversations with some of the kids. We always had really good relationships and whatnot. And we would talk about how, whether people followed you because they feared you or because they respected you. There's a difference. And they would get confused that if they were, you know, had people that were afraid of them, that meant they respected them. And we'd have those conversations similar to this, right? 
even before Teach Different was actually a, a model out there about just because someone fears you doesn't mean that they respect you. Just because they fear you doesn't right. mean they really want to follow you or be part of what you're doing. Fear does not lead to that. Fear doesn't necessarily lead to that courage. It's that facade. So um, that just popped in my head when when you were talking, Dan, that it, it could be taken into so many different directions. But there is something, you know, my doctorate is in um, administrative leadership. And so studying the different styles, the different types of leadership, there is definitely something to be said about letting yourself be authentically known. And it's okay to let people know we are all human. So obviously we're gonna experience those emotions and it's okay. Now you wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't recommend wallowing in that and letting the fears overcome you, but acknowledging that they exist and facing them and sharing that with people can only set you up as a role model, actually, to help them to also be able to confront those issues. I got I to gotta share one philosopher right now, Plato, who has a definition of courage. I'm going to share it. Honestly, I don't know how this fits into this conversation, but I feel like if I share it, maybe you two might have an idea of how it might fit. Plato said that courage is the knowledge of what you should and shouldn't fear. Plato says that courage is a knowledge. So it's not as if you're, you don't have fear or you have fear as a leader. If you have courage, you know exactly what should bother you and what shouldn't. I just throw it out there because that's a layer here. I don't know where, where to go with that. Feel free to comment. Well, I'm not here to have the discussion. Well, I am here. Plato is not, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Plato is not here for, yeah. for me to ask some clarifying questions on that because I I. I might challenge that a little bit on courage is the knowledge, but I would push it a little more to what we do with that knowledge. That's kind of what I would want to. Okay. I would want to press a little bit more if I really had the opportunity to discuss this further um, because knowledge is great and it's a stepping stone to that. So I would say, okay, I get that part of it. But I would question if we don't do anything effectively with that knowledge, is it really courage or courageous? It's got an action. And I could bring in now, Terry, you're, you're getting the Fouts twin philosopher thing here. <laughs> Aristotle thought that courage was the midpoint, the, the golden mean between being a coward and being reckless. It was based on what you do. That's what you that's what courage was. That's very much aligned, I think, to what you just said. I also think it's more of an action rather than a knowledge. I would agree with that, Dan. And it's interesting that you brought in that piece of it because earlier 
when we were discussing, I was thinking there's got to be a balance. So even before Steve came in and picked up on my word wallowing and saying, yeah, I'm kind of switching back to the claim now because this could go a little bit too far one way or another. I would probably also be able to say this on the claim side that we did, we talked about is that it could also be where wallowing can make it too much in the acknowledgement of the fears. Arrogance could also be um, something that also plays into the courageous part. There's, there's courage. And I would say courage would need to be without arrogance in a in a way because that that spoils that that courageous action in my mind you do these courageous things not to get necessarily the the attention from it but you're doing it because you are genuinely overcoming and dealing with a difficult situation so i think that balance which would make me kind of lean more towards the aristotle quote would um would be more in line with my my understanding of it or my thought process yeah maybe decisiveness uh it, it, as opposed to arrogance when we're you're talking about what's the what's an expression of courage that's something that is helpful if you're decisive i mean it's hard to argue against that one people need decisive people around them. Uh, and that's one of the aspects of leadership, of course. So yeah. Okay. Well, Plato and Aristotle are in here. Yeah. We, we actually have th them in this conversation as, as well. This was really good, Terry. I think we, we built on the claim very well, had a very cogent counterclaim that made just as much sense. You know, we tapped into a little bit of, of philosophy and this is a really important leadership quote. I, I agree. Something that, that, well, you could use with your administrative team to think about. And I also think it could work really well with students and, and how they process their fears and courage and what they think fear and courage mean and how they, how they uh, negotiate those things in their own life is really, really important. So we like to end with an, an essential question and we always prepare one, but most of the time the kids come up with the very best questions in these conversations as a natural organic process, but we like to get teachers started, right? So here's one, how should you show your confidence? Thinking about this in a leadership setting, how should you show your confidence? You know, should you show it through revealing of your fears or should you show it through the decisiveness and the certainty of your decision-making? Well, thank you so much, Terry, for being on the podcast. We appreciate your, your thoughts and it's been great working with you the last few years. And we look forward to, you know, a continued, you know, relationship with your school and, and helping your faculty. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. Um, you guys, I always enjoy it. Although I've spoken probably more to Steve than you, Dan, but 
I really like the bantering as well as the philosophical discussions. And so thank you for having me tonight. You guys are, you guys, I mean, I can say you guys are definitely brothers. <laughs> thank you. We can't do anything about that. <laughs> Thanks, that, Terry. That was really fun, you guys. Thank you so much. Yep. Thank you. Take care. Okay, you too, guys. Thanks. Have a good night. Thanks, everybody. We hope you're walking away feeling energized by some great ideas and are confident that conversations like this are possible with just a little bit of planning and a three-step method. Make sure you go to teachdifferent.com to learn more and check out our library of conversation plans where we've compiled dozens of quotes, each with their own claim, counterclaim, and essential question. Good luck, and don't forget to teach different with conversations and make a difference every day.